The baptism of Christ is not the same as our baptism in Christ. The baptism of Christ was performed by John, his cousin, at the Jordan River. John had performed many baptisms for people who responded positively to his call to repent in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. The baptism that John performed was with water only, as he testified. It was a symbol, a water ritual, that symbolized people's desire to repent of their sins, but it did not have the power to cleanse them from their sins. Nevertheless, when people asked what they should do after they underwent this water ritual, John was very clear that their repentance should mean not only a change of mind, but a change of action. Our baptism into Christ happened after the Messiah had already come, and through his passion, death, and resurrection, has saved us from the power of sin and death. It is not a mere symbol, it is a sign. And as we teach, the sacraments are signs of what the Lord is doing during the celebration of that sacrament, an outward sign of an inward grace. So Jesus baptizes with water and the Holy Spirit. The very life of God comes to dwell within us, cleanses us from the original sin of disobedience, gives us the gifts of faith, hope, and love that will help us to live in a right relationship with our God and one another, and helps us in our battle against sin because we still have free will and can be tempted by sin. So the baptism of Christ by John is not the same as our baptism into Christ by the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of his church. And yet there are similarities. And that is what I'm going to discuss on this final homily as part of the series, The Gift of God, Presents for Christmas. For not only does God reveal himself in the flesh at the manger on Christmas, at the house on Epiphany, when he was a toddler, but also when he was an adult at the Jordan River. What are these similarities as we consider being resolved to be a witness to Christ? 
four, we are at the beginning of a new year and people want to make a lot of resolutions, but here are some resolutions we need to live out every year of our lives. And the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord reminds us of it. The first resolution, we will live in solidarity with Christ. Why? Because Christ came to live in solidarity with us. We wonder why Jesus went to be baptized if it was a baptism of repentance in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is sinless. He's the eternal Son of God who came to share in our humanity in all things but sin. So why does he show himself at the Jordan River? He shows once again, whether in the manger, whether in the house at Epiphany, he shows at the River Jordan that he is in solidarity with us who have been wounded by sin. That's why he came into the world. Sometimes people don't want to talk about sin. Some people think that it's fire and brimstone for the preacher to preach about sin. But if we celebrate Christmas, we're acknowledging we are sinners in need of, the, of a Savior, and Jesus is the one who has come to save. For his name means God is salvation, or God helps, God saves. So to celebrate Christmas is to acknowledge we're sinners in need of a Savior, and thank God he has provided one. So Jesus came to be in solidarity with us. And so we are to resolve to be in solidarity with Christ. To identify with Christ means that we need to forsake our sins. Jesus is sinless, but he's come to take away our sins, and we need to be willing to have them taken away. And then that means we want to turn away from the invitation to sin. Because we're beloved children of God, that's our motivation. And it is a gift from God, as we heard in the second reading today. It is an unmerited favor to be in Christ, a beloved child of God in whom God is well pleased. We don't have to earn uh, his approval. We do not have to earn his love. It's already been bestowed. And therefore, out of love for God, who has loved us first, we want to live as his beloved children. Not just, a, just as a title for us, but as something that reflects who we are. So, to live in solidarity with Christ means turn away from anything that leads us away from Christ. Forsake anything that is not in keeping with the principles he teaches for living. To do so out of love. To do so generously in response to our God who is so generous in coming to share in our humanity. The reason why God humbled himself to share in our humanity is that because the first human beings did not humble themselves and said that God could only have a part of their lives and that in the part that they chose, they wanted to be their own gods. And therefore, fellowship with God was broken. And we can see that pattern in our own lives. When we cannot love God fully, we cannot trust God fully, and we say God can only have this part in which I'm comfortable, but when he asked me to do uncomfortable things, I, I got to consider it. Why? 
we trusted him for comfortable things. Why can't we trust him when he asks for uncomfortable things? And what seems uncomfortable to us should be seen as a joyful thing to give up because sin is a detriment to us within time and for eternity. And the Lord says he makes it possible for us to turn away from it if we're willing to uncling ourselves to him, to it. To live in solidarity with Christ who lives in solidarity with us. And the reason is love. The reason is trust. The reason is thanksgiving for whom God has made us to be and what God has given us the power to do. So in this new year and every year of our lives, we need to be resolved to live in solidarity with Christ and forsake anything that hinders us from living like Christ. Here's another resolution. I'm resolved to allow Christ to save me. If I'm living in solidarity with Christ, it doesn't only mean I'm going to forsake sin. Again, I'm going to put his principles into practice. And I'm going to do it in every circumstance of my life. And I'm going to strive to do it whether it's comfortable to do or uncomfortable to do. I'm going to do it whether people think I'm being pious or whether uh, people have other ideas about us. Because what matters is who I am in the sight of God and then to reflect that in life. Jesus did not have a popularity contest when he took up his mission on the earth. He didn't take a poll to say, well, what should I preach about? Where should I go? Uh, no. He's resolved to do what he's called to do. And he knows that anyone who wants to come against him will utterly fail in the attempt. Even if they try to put him to death and think that they have accomplished it by putting him to death. So, salvation for us is a process. So we can have a profound conversion experience or many different conversion experiences that helps us to see that out of love for God, we need to turn away from sin. But salvation is not accomplished at that moment. Salvation is a process until we are called to see our God face to face. St. Paul called it Christ being formed in us. And that's not going to happen at an instant, at a moment of profound conversion. It may be a good step, but it's not going to come to its completion until we're called to see God face to face. And so that is why he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire in the sense of purification. Purifying us of anything that is not like him. Can we make the resolution that not only do we want to turn away from sin, but we want to apply his teaching in our lives, even if it causes a purification. And no, purification is not enjoyable. But in the end, it's right for us. For what is he going to say later on, after he emerges from the Jordan River? That if we want to follow him, we must be willing to deny ourselves as the center of our existence, to take up the cross of commitment, 
and to follow in his footsteps. And so we have to have a resolve to continue to do that, just as Jesus is resolved to save those who wish to receive that gift. I will live in solidarity with Christ. That's a resolution for every year. I will experience salvation in Christ. That's another resolution for every year. I will be a servant of Christ. For Jesus came to be at the service of humanity. Isn't that remarkable? God comes to serve us to heal us of the wound of sin, to teach us how to live in a right way here and now. Salvation is not just for heaven, and I look forward, by God's grace, to be there, although I'm asking the Lord maybe about 20, 30 more years, if he if I have anything to say about it. But the thing is, I'll be happy to go there. But whether we go there depends on how we act here on the earth, which is why I said salvation is a process. And so therefore, I will be a servant of Christ. And uh, what uh, one of the ways we need to really do that is during this pandemic, as we go through the third year of it. I've asked repeatedly uh, that people join me in approaching this pandemic in a manner in which we should approach anything in life as a disciple of Christ first. Not our political affiliation, not according to what our favorite cable news network may be, nothing else. It pales in comparison to following the one who has saved us from sin and death. No political figure has saved me from sin and death, and no cable network has nor has any sports team or anyone else or anything else. And so I need to see things through the lens of being a disciple of Christ. So I'm grateful that even when we did not have an indoor mask mandate from Baltimore County, and I said that because of the sake of the vulnerable in our community, that I ask you to voluntarily wear a mask, many of you did. Because I asked you to consider it from the perspective of the disciple of Christ. And that when the indoor mask mandate was reinstituted by Baltimore County, all of you are doing that. We haven't had any meltdowns like we see on the airport, in the airports, on the, uh, in, in airplanes, God help us, in hospitals, uh, in stores and whatnot. The Baltimore County Executive gave an update on the COVID response in the county, and he said he visited one hospital in Towson, and security had to be called because the person who just received the COVID test was upset with how long it was going to take. Now, you, you have to be really upset to have them call security. And then we have people who have the audacity to berate healthcare workers when they get COVID, have to be hospitalized. That's what's happened across the country. 
Some hospital workers have been berated by patients who have COVID and by their family members when they have endured wave after wave of the pandemic, exhausted and exasperated. But if we are disciples of Christ, we should not be part of any of those stories. And I have to remind myself of that as we go through the third year, because quite frankly, I'm, I'm a bit impatient with some people who want to talk about me, 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 when it should be considering uh, ourselves together as a community. I'm a bit weary about that. And I, I'm, I, I'm still going to ask people to consider the whole community, uh, but I'm going to be charitable about them in my thoughts and, and words and in my prayers for them. Same thing in our families, same thing at work, same thing in our neighborhoods. In what ways do people see that Christ is being formed within us? That they see the presence of Christ within us, even if they don't detect what that really is at first. They may ask later on, well, what, what makes you tick? What's happening with you? Why do you act this way? Why don't you get involved in the polemics that we see in the pandemic or elsewhere? Why don't you, why are you patient in line in the store? And then that gives you an opportunity. Gives me an opportunity. I, I'm trying to be like Christ. I'm trying to be what Christ wants me to be. I'm not perfect, but, but Christ is being formed within me. I just have to do it. The pandemic reminds me that life on earth is a brief moment in view of eternity, and I need to do what's right. I need to do what's loving. I need to do what's merciful, what's wise, what's just, as the Lord has taught me. I can't play around with this life anymore. I got to do what's right. Right? We heard that in the second reading. A people who are eager to do what is good. Not out of fear of God, meaning we're afraid of God, but out of reverential fear of God. We're just in awe of our God who never gave up on us and never gives up on us, is resolved to save us if we want to be saved. And so we're resolved to allow the Lord to save us by serving generously in his name. Thank God how you're doing that again during this pandemic, how you've been doing that in this parish for many, many years. And you're doing that in your families and elsewhere. And where we are not doing that, the Lord is calling us to repent. If I'm not doing that as pastor, he's calling me to repent. He's calling us not to be shaken in our resolve to be whom God has made us to be. And so let us allow the feast of the baptism of the Lord to renew our resolve to live in solidarity with Christ, to allow Christ to save us, which is a process until we're called to see him face to face. And to do that, we must have the disposition of being a servant in his name. For we are anointed ones, who follow the anointed one. He gives us this privilege every year 
But if we shake in our resolve, it gives us the privilege to begin again. I know that for other resolutions we make, sometimes we fail by 6 o'clock on New Year's Day, and we think that we just shouldn't try anymore. But the Lord tells us never to give up, for Christmas reminds us that he has never given up on us and the whole human race. And so we are resolved, therefore, never to give up, but to continue to open ourselves up to the Lord who continues to share his life and love with us.